Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Good morning. I'm glad to hear all the conversation going on. And some of you being like, you know, there's no way I'd ever go on a mission trip. And others, they're very excited about going and a lot of you have gone. So, um, just to give you a little background, my wife and I have been privileged to be part of the global outreach team, uh, or GO team, for more than 10 years, uh, and we did not intend to join. We went to a meeting to see what it was about, and we got uh, assignments. So God has a funny sense of humor. Uh, probably most of you have been in church for a while have those same kind of stories, and that's great because uh, sometimes God just uses our new situation. We go ask about things, and, and he gets us involved, and that's the way it should be. Uh, this morning, I'd like to explain to you uh, what our mission philosophy is at Neighborhood Church. Um, and to, do, to sum it up succinctly, uh, as we seek to form partnerships with missionaries, uh, that would be our goal. And uh, Neighborhood Church has, sedentary, uh, sedentary, has 17 uh, missionary uh, partners. Uh, most of those are married couples. Uh, of those 17, eight of them were former members of Neighborhood Church. In fact, um, uh, Cindy Pearson, Dan and Lori Punkai, and Greg and Jen Weaver were members of the GO team. So uh, in addition to those eight that were foreign members, um, we also have, uh, we've done short-term teams and internships with eight of those partners. So we like to keep, uh, it's important for us to have kind of those deep contacts. Now, some of their our contacts are just uh, through mainly uh, monthly support, but we also try and uh, make the church uh, support available when they're in town and also keep in contact with them. So one of the main purposes of Mission Sunday is for you to see that we are not supporting organizations, but we're supporting people. Uh, although we love those organizations and they do a great job with it, um, we really want to have those relationships with people and and uh, be with them. So among our missionaries, uh, even though our missionaries don't live in this area anymore, uh, we consider them all members of our church. Now that's what Neighborhood Church does. But you might be asking, so what can we do as a congregation? Um, so first of all, I'll give you four things. First of all, you can be praying. And I know that's like the standard Christian answer. Um, but it really, it really is important. Um, as we pray, uh, God does use it to, to change situations, but the biggest thing he changes is us. Um, as we pray about stuff, God changes our attitude. Uh, he brings things to mind that we hadn't thought of, um, especially as you get more in contact with these missionaries. Uh, it helps align our, align our attitude with God. So if you aren't sure, you're thinking the Great Commission is this big, huge thing, can't possibly how to do it, start by praying for missionaries. So the second is you can be in contact with your missionaries. Most of our missionaries do a good job on sending out a, a newsletter or an email uh, monthly to tell the supporters what's going on. Sign up for these. There's, uh, we have four missionaries that are in the lobby. You can talk to them. I'll have some information out over the next few weeks of, of uh, contacts, email, uh, web addresses and stuff that you can go. And you may be uh, overwhelmed thinking, I can't contact 17 different partners. That's fine. Just pick one or two. You know, God will put that in your, in your mind. Um, but contact them. Sign up for something. Be looking at what they're praying for and be praying for them. So the third way as a congregation we can support missionaries is financially. Um, 
Some of your regular tithe goes to support, but we also have a special account called Faith Promise that only goes to missionary support. I'll talk about this later. But in addition to Faith Promise that you can give that will go to uh, the missionaries we support, you can give to them directly. Uh, you may, as you are praying for these missionaries, as you're reading their newsletters, may God maybe put it on your heart to also be giving to them directly and supporting them, and that's great. We'd encourage that. Um, and here is an interesting thing I've found out over the years, is that I don't know one missionary uh, that's not grateful for the support they receive, but I also know that they could usually use more. But in spite of that, most missionaries give support to other missionaries. So they know that in God's economy, giving just makes sense. Uh, the last way you can support our partners is to go on a short-term mission trip. I know that sounds kind of crazy, our trips, and I'll talk about mission trips uh, too, but um, our trips follow the same philosophy as our missionary support. We look to form long-term partnerships. Our Ecuador, Cuba, and, mission, and India trip are, mission, are with our missionary partners. Our Chicago trip is returning to a site of a previous short-term because we want to form a long-term uh, partnership there. So let me take a quick moment to explain why we go on short-term missions. Um, some of, there's, uh, I've heard two questions. One is, why are we spending money to send people when we, uh, to these trips when we could just send the whole money and have them do ministry there? And the other hand is people saying, why do we keep going back to the same places? Why don't we have a different experience every year? And these are both really good questions we ask ourselves. So let me deal with the first one. Yes, we could send money. Uh, it is hard, but it is hard to get people excited about giving to something they've only heard about. We've seen that when people go on the mission field, they get it. Because of that, they are not only more moved to give to missions, but they talk about mission supporting with other people. Uh, Susan and I, the only reason we're on the GO team is because we went on a short-term mission to Ecuador. That's why we got interested and went to that first meeting. I know people have said, isn't it selfish to go on a mission trip when you're getting back more than you put out? Yeah, I mean, can you think of anything we do for God that isn't that way? Um, but one of the things that we do get out of it is that seeing, we get to see other believers in their culture and seeing that they believe in the exact same God we do. That's a really wild thing. We were in the jungle. Here's you know, completely different lifestyles, and yet the God they believed in is the exact same God. That was exciting for us. But the thing is, the people that we go to, they get that same experience by seeing us come to them, and they don't have the opportunity to travel like we do. So that's another positive thing for us going there, having that face-to-face uh, relationship with them, and, and as we build those communities, um, it gives us a desire to support each other. I know when we went back to one place, we were all excited about seeing them. When we got there, they told us that they'd been praying for us for the last year. So that was uh, humbling. Um, lastly, a significant portion of the funds we spend on short-term mission trips goes to ministry expenses. So when we go somewhere, um, we're paying more than just the accommodations, and because of that, they're able to do things like have a camp or a conference or do a building project that they wouldn't be able to do if we weren't, uh, didn't go. All that said, we do. We still need to ask ourselves for every trip, are we helping or hurting? Now, this leads me to cover the second question about why we keep going back to the same places. Short-term missionaries can have a bad reputation. In fact, a common name they're called is vacationaries. Maybe you've heard that. The reason we usually go with missionaries that we know and that we return to the same place is because short-term missions can be detrimental. Here are some of the, the uh, negative things that can happen. 
the local population feel like zoo animals because Americans are all down there taking pictures of everything. Uh, Americans coming down and doing a building project, you're taking away jobs from the, the locals. Another thing is Americans come down, they just come down to feel important about, about themselves, like they're the heroes coming down bringing Christ to the, to the natives. And unfortunately, these are real problems. Uh, one of the ways we have of counteracting them is to form a long-term relationship with missionaries that we know want short-term teams and have programs and policies in place to effectively use us. We also go to support our missionaries and nationals. They are the one doing the program and implementing the project. We are there simply to serve and support them and those they are serving. So to sum up, Neighborhood Church seeks to form partnerships with missionaries, and as a congregation, we can pray for our mission, missionaries, get in contact with them, support them financially through faith promise or directly, and actually go on short-term mission trips. So now... I get to uh, interview some missionaries. I'm going to ask Tom and Gail Shook to come up here. So let me just read you a little bio while they come here. Tom and Gail Shook are originally from Orange County um, and are missionaries with EFCA Reach Global. They had the privilege to serve the Lord in Outer Mongolia for 17 years uh, uh, through, from 1992 to 2009, where they're involved in community development and church planting ministry. They served for six years from 2009 to 2015 on the Asian Division uh, lead team providing leadership for REACH Global missionaries throughout Asia. From 2015 to 2019, they focused their missionary efforts on bringing the gospel to North Korea. In 2019, Tom and Gail started a ministry back in California called His Refuge under the EFCA All Peoples Initiative. This new ministry focuses on sharing the gospel with refugees and immigrants in our own communities as well as around the world. Tom and Gail have three grown children, all living in the Southern California area, and they have 11 grandchildren. Yay for you. <laughs> all right. Wait. <laughs> I have this long question I couldn't remember, which is, give us a year-end review. Okay. Good. Um, first of all, it's great to be here with you guys this morning, and um, we're so thankful for Cyprus and uh, many years of partnership and um, and all of that throughout our career as uh, as missionaries. So, we came home in 2019, right after the work in North Korea uh, kind of collapsed, and um, uh, we were invited to go on a short term, our very first short term mission. Uh, to Lesbos, Greece, to uh, work with refugees. And there we became acquainted with what's actually going on with the global crisis in terms of displaced peoples. And so when we came back from that, um, you know, we're like, Lord, what do you want us to do now? We can't go back to North Korea, so, uh, you know, what, what are we going to do? And so he made it pretty clear that uh, we need to get involved with, uh, with refugees and immigrants right here in our uh, in our own community and around the world. So we started a ministry uh, called His Refuge. And um, as part of that, we have become acquainted with all of the refugees, uh, the refugees being represented here um, in OC. And just this year has been our really first full year of working with, um, with the refugee community. And we've worked with people from Ukraine, Afghanistan, Venezuela, Colombia, Rwanda, Iran, Russia. 
These are just the people that we've been been able to help just this year. And so there's just a lot going on in terms of the um, uh, refugees and their needs that are right here where we live. Right after the withdrawal from Afghanistan, um, we started talking about doing a home team. And so the picture that you see back there is our home team. Um, We got together, kind of formulated it in November, thinking we'd get a family really quick. But we didn't get a family until April of uh, 2022. God's perfect timing, a family of seven, five kids, 11 and under, um, four girls and a boy. Um, Very, very precious. But it's been an incredible opportunity to walk alongside a family that has hit the ground um, running with no English um, and with no family and so and no money. <laughs> yeah. So um, this group of people has just been working really, really hard to help them with social services. Um, we helped all the kids get into school, um, definitely on first name basis with the elementary school when there's issues um, involving the kids. Um, medical issues, um, being at the hospital, being at the doctor's offices. I mean, it is a lot when you got five kids. I only had three, and it yeah. seemed like a lot easier than five, I have to tell you. Um, yeah, but it's been a blessing to be able to walk alongside. So some of the things we've done is like, for example, uh, getting a driver's license, right? So uh, for one of the, the gentlemen that were, were helping, you know, he came here. He, he doesn't have a driver's license. He hasn't driven before. And so we got to try to figure that out because, you know, in, OC, in Orange County, you got to have a car. You can't, you can't get around. You can't do anything unless you have a car and you have a driver's license. So that's kind of like a priority. And then just helping them figure that out and, uh, you know, getting a car. Actually, a car was donated from here, uh, from uh, McElridge's daughter. Goldie Pop was the van. And uh, they gave us that van. We fixed it, and then we we gave that to the refugee family, and um, and basically taught him how to drive. And and um, uh, you know the blind spot, like, like they don't they don't know a lot about the blind spot. And so just teaching them that kind of stuff, and just walking alongside them, and then going to the DMV and helping him get his permit, and then you know eventually getting his license, and just all of the things that go along with that. And, uh, uh, you know, these are just some of the things that we've, we've been doing with the families that we've been working with. The cool thing about the driver's license that was kind of funny um, was that up until that point, the team had to drive them everywhere. So if they had something to do, the team. So we were all looking forward to him getting his license. Um, but Tom in particular, because he was doing all the work um, and training him. Um, but we knew when he was going to take his actual behind-the-wheel training. And so we had a group text going and we're praying. Tom is pacing. It was like it was he was having a baby. He is pacing our office back and forth. And then all of a sudden, you know, he looks at the time. Oh, it seems like it's been too late and he hasn't called us. Probably didn't pass. And Tom is hitting his head against the wall. Lord Jesus, please. And, when, <laughs> and right then he called and he passed first time behind the wheel. He got his driver's license. Yeah. Yay! And the smile on his face when he, he came to our office and showed us the, um, the piece of paper was worth everything. And so it's just been a blessing to 
have the highs, but also the lows. I mean, there's a, it's a, not easy living in America, and it's not hard to adapt to this culture. And um, so we've had incredible opportunities to pray with people. Yeah, and, and another thing that we're doing is, um, uh, is Immigrant Hope. So Immigrant Hope is an EFCA um, uh, it's a thing that they're doing where we're helping people navigate the immigration process. So when people would normally go to a lawyer or they would go to, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to process their paperwork, what Immigrant Hope is, is church-based immigration service help. And so we've been in the process of establishing this in Orange County. So there is an office in Santa Barbara, but there's nothing here in Orange County. And so uh, as part of the ministry that we've started of His Refuge, Immigrant Hope is one of those components. So uh, we've, we're processing our first case. An Afghan refugee is getting his green card. And so we're, we're doing all of that paperwork uh, to get that done for him. And to do that, you have to actually be accredited. So you go through this 40-hour training that the DOJ uh, uh, USCIS provide. And then from that, you do the 100 hours of volunteer. And then from there, you take a test to get accreditation. Once you're accredited, then you can actually represent people in immigration law. And so we're starting to do that. And so we're pretty excited about that. Um, finally, for us coming back, I mean, we came back involuntarily. Is that right? Like we really were enjoying our ministry where it was and um, had believed God for it, but he closed the door. He had something else, and we didn't know what, and so we were kind of hesitant. We're in Orange County. What are you going to do in Orange County? Oh, my gosh. There's so much to do in Orange County. The world is at your guys' feet. Um, John 4.35 says, you know the same five, uh, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. I love that, the NLT. Wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. I have to say that is true. We really do have an opportunity, not just Tom and I, but us collectively as the body of Christ um, to see people from every tribe, tongue, and language come to Christ right here in Orange County. Um, I'll, I'm going to pray. and But you guys have like a, don't you have like a regular meeting that you have open onto that? So. We do. We have a prayer event that happens the last Monday of every month. This month, it's actually happening on Thursday because it's part of a missions conference um, at Calvary Church in Santa Ana, um, where we'll be talking about his refuge and praying for it. But generally, it's every last Monday, 6 o'clock for dinner, 7 o'clock for prayer, where we pray for refugees and for immigrants. Yeah, it's fun. All right, and you can get information outside of the food. table there. So let me pray. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you that just the, the ways that you bring bring people to serve you and just how you have uh, taken Tom and Gail through different places and back here where they didn't expect, and yet uh, you've laid before them a, a job to do. And uh, I just pray for the, uh, thank you that they're going through this accreditation program, pray that it goes smoothly, get that quickly, and the, and that opens up new avenues to be a blessing to people and to, to serve them. And I know that they're, their heart is to serve and, and through that communicate uh, the love you have for them. Thank you as a, a church. Help us be praying for them and support them. So we thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
We're going to respond by singing. Um, so please uh, stand with us here if you are able. sadness from wherever you've been come broken hearted let a rescue begin come find your mercy oh sinner come kneel earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal earth has no sorrow that heaven can heal so
I was, I was getting so caught up in this singing. I thought, that's right. It's time for me to come back up again, which I love. I have the absolute privilege of introducing Bob and Virginia Travis, who are going to make their way up here as I intro, give them a little bio about them. After serving in Japan for 22 years as church planters, Bob and Virginia moved back to the States and served at one of the largest community colleges in the Midwest, College of DuPage. Did I say that right? Good. In Glen Ellen, Illinois. And there they shared the gospel and discipled local and international students. Still serving with In Faith Ministries, Bob and Virginia recently moved to Yavapai, two for two, Yavapai County, which is located in Northwest Arizona. They're looking forward to working there where there are 28,000 foreign-born residents and three distinct Yavapai Native American nations. So yay, we get time together to talk. Love this part. Okay, question number one. I feel like we're on one of those game shows. Question number one for you, Bob. But what kind of ministry are you involved with um, in Yavapai country? Okay, great. <laughs> okay, we're working in Yavapai County, and we're working at two colleges, working with uh, reaching out uh, to immigrants, international students, and, and uh, students, regular students. And uh, the focus that, we're, that we have is evangelism and discipleship. That's our, that's our purpose, to reach out with these students and disciple and do evangelism. And maybe this sounds kind of odd, but what are some of the results that you've seen in your outreach to the international students and to immigrants? How has that been? Okay, let me comment on the college students too. (laughs) Okay, great. Uh, Right now I've been discipling three students in the college there at Prescott College. And uh, these are students who have not been um, trained very well in their faith. And uh, so we've been doing, uh, learning how to study the Bible, how to have devotions, quiet time, uh, memorizing scripture, uh, and then learning to share their faith. So this, was, this is all new to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been really neat seeing them grow in their faith and get excited about doing the lessons and actually doing more, what I asked. And uh, they're, they're catching the vision to share their faith with the fellow classmates that they have. So that has been so exciting to see these college students. And you know what? College students are looking for mentors. They really are. You mentioned this. A little gray hair helps. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you, they're hungry for mentors. They really are. And uh, I encourage you older people like myself to get involved. (laughs) So that's one thing that's so encouraging to to see this happen in their lives and share their own lives and their problems, their issues. Mm -hmm. And and they're thinking about, well, maybe I can share my faith on campus and to see that, that they want to learn how to do that. So that's number one. Uh, number two, part of our ministry is doing reaching out to immigrants and international students uh, for those that their heart language is the language where they're coming from, from their own country. And they process in it, they think on it, uh, and so they not, don't necessarily understand the gospel because of their culture and their religion. For example, Japanese, uh, you can be looking at the Bible and it says the word sin the word translated in sin is criminal. 
And so when you ask them, are you a sinner? They say, I'm not a criminal. But a lot of cultures have different things that they don't understand. So what we have is a bilingual Bible study that we use in seven different languages. And uh, so we use, use that a lot. Uh, what's really neat is last semester uh, at the club day, all the clubs are represented. Uh, Virginia's a nurse, by the way. And uh, she noticed the club table over there for the nurses department. And uh, so we walked over there and she was talking to some of the nurses and uh, helping them uh, with some of the testing that she's gotten to pass the degree, you know, get the degree. And, and so she's talking to them. And I was talking to another student a gal from Vietnam, and uh, she came over with her parents. Uh, their parents are Buddhists, and she didn't have a clue about the Bible. And uh, so she said, I, someone told me the Bible should be really good to study, especially if you're going to have a family, get married and have a family. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that opened the door, and I said, by the way, we just happen to have a bilingual Bible study in Vietnamese for you. So we began to study in Vietnamese and talking about who God is, what is sin, uh, how you can know God in a personal way, who is Jesus. A lot of these things are really so foreign to her. But uh, as we got to lesson four or five of, of uh, coming to, to hearing about the gospel, she, she received Christ as her Lord and Savior. So that was so exciting. Thank you for praying for us. Yeah. That's fantastic. I have such great news. And Virginia, share a little bit with what you do, please. Well, a big part of my job right now is supporting Bob and working together with him um, however and whenever I can. Uh, part of that is providing hospitality in our home. Just this last uh, Monday, we had a couple over. We had met the wife, who is Chinese, and actually they had moved from Illinois last year. And um, she is married to an American gentlemen, and um, we had really been wanting to get together. We, we just moved, what, seven, eight months ago ourselves, so it's taken a little while to get, get settled and, and able to have people over like that. Um, we had three wonderful hours together, and um, she had, you know, mentioned something about God. We had, she was walking her dog, and we just stopped and talked, and she said when COVID hit, you know, she was losing hope. And, um, and through a couple chains of events, um, she, you know, her, her attention was turned to God. And so we knew that she had some kind of experience and, and longing for God. And during our conversation, um, we were able to talk some about that. And Bob uh, expressed to her that he had a bilingual Bible study in Chinese, Chinese and English. So... Um, she showed some interest. She said, after I do my spring planting, <laughs> you know, sometimes people have other priorities and we understand that we respect that because, um, it's about a relationship. And so, um, we'll be getting together with them again. That's so exciting. And I have one more question really for you, Virginia. What are some real open doors that you see happening in those areas as well? Okay. Uh, we are always looking for opportunities. The Lord places each one of us where he does for his purposes. Let me tell you, we don't always know why. We don't know why we come back from a field. We don't know why. You know, We don't know a lot of the whys, but we know that God places us um, 
in, in certain places for his purposes. So um, I'm a new nurse. I just became a nurse a little over a year ago. I love that. I love that. Yes, I was the oldest one in the class. <laughs> and COVID hit. <laughs> and my young friends told me I could do it. I said, okay, only if you help me with the silly, silly technology. I, I'm a people person, folks. I am not a computer person. I survived. Okay, so that was all our parenthesis. <laughs> but um, I am now working in a long-term care facility uh, that also has a skilled nursing division. And um, so I get to, of course, share with coworkers, but I absolutely love caring for the residents and, and the patients that come through. Um, the Lord just seems to open doors. You know, they're, they're hungry. They're hungry, um, not just for attention, but, but, you know, it's their last step before eternity, before they step off this earth. And I'm very conscious of that. And so I'm always asking the Lord, okay, who, who am I to pay special attention to today? Who can I pray with? And I've had opportunity to pray with people. I sing with people. I, um, it helps the medicine go down, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and get to share scripture. Yeah. And um, so every day is an adventure, and I just love it. I also have one coworker who's from Iran a rather recent immigrant herself, away from family and everything. And so uh, Bob's actually working on a, a bilingual Bible study for Farsi. So um, we're just praying that that'll develop into an opportunity to share Christ with them. This is amazing. Don't you love hearing from missionaries on the field what they're doing? Doesn't it excite you? Because it does me. So feel it, feel it. Let's pray for them, Oh, Father, thank you so much for Bob and Virginia. Thank you for the journey that you have taken them, Lord, all, all over the world and, and back around. Lord, thank you for their ministry. Thank you for the giftings that you have given them and that they are using for your glory and for your honor. And at the season of life, Lord, the age, it's all yours. We offer up ourselves to you as a living sacrifice. sacrifice. And thank you for them. Father, ask that you would increase their ministry, their hours, their time. Help them to see needs. Lord, help them to meet those needs in your name. And Father, we ask that you would continue to bless them mightily as the people come, seeking not just health or conversation, but most of all, seeking you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in your name. Amen. Please stand with us if you're able.
It's your breath. It's your breath. 